What we've got here is failure to communicate. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. Tough, unique, bad, bold, and sassy. 60% of the time, it works every time. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Take the pain. Take the pain! Have you ever seen a grown man naked? Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Today, Junior? It's too late to turn back now. It's the Brian Hanks. Indeed it is. Hello, live and on tape from beautiful Whitehall Drive here in lovely Kinston, North Carolina. Today is Thursday, February the 1st. That's right. It's the first day of February in the year of our Lord 2024. This is episode 1014-1014 of the Brian Hanks Show, presented by Lenore Community College. Still hadn't figured out a good way to say that. When it was just triple digits, it was easy, but... 1014, 1014. I'll figure it out. Hey, uh, my co hosts, John Dawson and Jonathan Massey, they'll be joining me at the end of the second hour today for uh, the first birthday game of February. So excited about that. As you, as you know, John Dawson won January. So let's see if he can, let's see if he can keep up that momentum here in February. How about that? Let me tell you something. We've got a great show for you today. Joining me in less than 15 minutes. In fact, I think I saw him uh, drive up here just a few moments ago, right here in our plush, well-lit, well-protected studio. Thank you, Depps. Here on uh, Whitehall Drive will be one of our uh, Kinston City Councilmen, the Honorable Antonio Pearl Hardy will be joining me. He's also a uh a celebrated referee here in our area we're going to be talking to him we man we've got so much to talk to uh pearl about here uh like i said just here in a few minutes very excited about that i think it's only his second or maybe his third appearance here on the show uh but uh like i said excited to talk to him about basketball i want to talk to him about last week's uh contentnia versus rochelle game uh, where we had some uh, fireworks in the second half of that game. Uh, we're going to talk about baseball in Kinston. We're going to talk about just uh, all the stuff that's going on with uh, Kinston City Council and the city of Kinston. So uh, very excited to uh, have Pearl Hardy coming in here and talking to us about all that stuff here in our first hour. And like I said, that'll be in uh, less than 15 minutes from right now. Now, towards the end of our first hour, uh, we'll be joined by our good friend and WRNS sales executive to the stars, He's our regular Thursday guest, Jason Bryant. Uh, he'll be joining us live right here in Studio 2. Got a lot of stuff to talk to him about, too. Uh, man, we, this new underdog fantasy thing we're doing, uh, local sports, just all kinds of stuff, man. As you know, uh, when you listen to the show every day, uh, I, I love it, man. Jason's basically a part of the show every single day anyway because uh, he'll send me some text messages as we're going along with the show you know like uh, how my our good friends uh pam sheffield and uh mr dawson john's dad mr dawson mr forrest dawson and keith spence and greg clements who i had lunch with yesterday at lovex man it was good to see him and uh I hang out with jonathan clemens or john clemens see i hang out with you too much mr clemens i start calling your son jonathan instead of john which is what everybody else calls him but uh man had, had a really good time with that yesterday but uh, uh and just appreciate all our listeners man and everybody that hits me up on uh on text and uh via facebook and twitter and all that uh during the show i try to get to everybody as much as possible obviously i can't every single person but man really do appreciate everybody that uh that's part of the show but that's what i love about jason there's a hundred things i love about jason but uh just he is literally part of this show every single day uh via text even but but on thursdays he's actually live right here in our plush well-lit well-protected studio so excited to see my friend jason here this morning and then that's uh he'll stay with us uh, through the end of the show uh he'll get here like i said towards the end of the first hour and help me a little bit here with uh with uh councilman hardy but then uh, on top of all that, kicking off our second hour is going to be the athletics director at Arundel Parrot Academy. He'll be joining us on the Spence Automotive guest line. Unless you want to come in, Coach Kravitz, and heck, you're welcome to come in too. That would be awesome. But, uh, man, there's a very special ceremony taking place at Parrot Academy tonight 
before uh, the varsity boys game tonight. Shout out to uh, Shane Albee there. What's up, Shane? Uh, but uh, <laughs> there's a special ceremony going to be taking place. From what uh, Coach Kravitz told me, and we were talking about this earlier this week, he wanted to come on to uh, to, uh, to talk about what's going on at Parrot. And listen, there's not a lot of local games going In fact, I don't think there's any local games going on tonight except for uh, Arundel Parrot Academy tonight. So uh, you should get out there and support the Patriots out there for that. But uh, there's a special ceremony. They're going to be uh, honoring a referee who had a heart attack earlier this season. I had not heard about this. I know I talked a little bit about it on yesterday's show. But uh, Coach Kravitz told me, I guess it was before a JV game, but uh, a boys coach, or I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, a boys referee or a, a referee was uh, on the court, staggered out into the uh, lobby there at Parrot Academy, fell out, and some heroes. Uh, grabbed AEDs and, uh, I guess basically brought him back to life, but I don't know all the details about that. We'll get coach Kravitz to talk about that tonight. They're going to be honoring that referee. They're going to be honoring the people who, uh, who came to his rescue too. So very excited to be talking to, uh, one of the good guys, uh, coach Robert Kravitz about that in our second hour. So there you go. Uh, uh, Antonio Pearl Hardy here in our first hour, Jason Bryant in our first hour, then, uh, coach Kravitz from parent Academy and, uh, Jason hanging out with us into our second hour too, and uh, then we'll play the birthday game. And uh, before you know it, we'll be like going, "Man, I can't believe the show's already over because it just goes by so fast." Hey, uh, let's uh, LCC played last night. The LCC men's basketball team, man, a a tough loss last night. Uh, they are now eleven and eight overall, nine and six in Region Ten. Uh, they lost at. Uh, Sandhills Community College. It was a non-Region 10 game. They lost 100 to 90. However, man, just a, a very good game, very good offensive game for uh, the for the Lancers, led by former Kenston star Clarence Burton. He had 29 points last night. He added seven rebounds, an assist, and a steal. A good game for uh, Clarence last night. Other Lancers in double-figure scoring last night were Trey Lewis. He had 16 points and eight boards. Daquan Pate had 12 points and seven rebounds and a team-high three assists. Jarius Northam and Aiden Eller uh, had 11 points each, and then Deshaun Hooker added 10. So, again, six Lancers in double figures last night. Pretty impressive. Uh, they are at nationally ranked Davidson Davies Saturday. That game will be at 3 o'clock. And then their next home game, you heard Mike Martin and I talking about it yesterday. Uh, I know we're going to try to be out there. Jacques Passelag, if you're listening right now, hit me up. Uh, I think he's going to try to be out there Tuesday night. Uh, they will be taking on uh, Fayetteville Tech. And, man, it has just been way too long. In fact, it, they've not even played at home. Well, no, that's not true. They've played at home a couple of games here in the new year. But uh, I had prior engagements for the, both of those. Didn't get a chance to see them, but I am planning on being at Tuesday's game against Fayetteville Tech, like I said, with Mike Martin and uh, – and uh, hopefully Jacques Passelet. Keith Spence, I'm, I'm speaking it into uh, reality. Keith Spence is going to be out there too. And uh, we are going to uh, be out there. Hey, uh, Leo Lockhart, thank you, uh, jumps in here. Uh, he said uh, he, he's letting me know. Wow. Uh, he's letting me know about that uh, thing that happened at Parrot Academy that Coach Kraft going to be talking about. Thank you, Leo. He said uh, it was James Little. Said he flatlined two times, uh, and uh, Leo was actually at that game. Said now he's back working basketball and was at the high school baseball meeting last night. Said a great guy. Man, that is awesome. Thank you, uh, Leo. I, I appreciate it, buddy. Uh, but, uh, okay, hey, congratulations to James Little, who, uh, as you uh, heard, uh, Leo Lockhart there, flatlined twice and was brought back to life uh, and is uh, already back working basketball. Man, good for him. Good for the people that came to his uh, rescue, too. And, again, cannot wait to talk to uh, Coach Kravitz about that uh, in our second hour. Okay, uh, I told you about LCC. ECU men's basketball, tough loss for them last night. Uh, I, they took on a very good South Florida team. But lost 71 to 60. It snapped a two game winning streak by the Pirates. Cam Hayes came off the bench for the Pirates. Uh, he led them with 14 points. RJ Felton added 13. Uh, our Pirates are at Charlotte on Saturday at 2, and that game will be on ESPNU. Uh, the ECU women's basketball team, they play tonight uh, at 6 p.m. Uh, at home versus Tulsa. So if you can get out there and support the Lady Pirates, I know they would appreciate that. Then they are at Wichita State on Sunday at 3 o'clock. So uh, 
that catches you up with ECU. How about ACC last night? I hope if you decided to put some shekels or jelly beans or whatever on uh, the University of Virginia taking on Notre Dame last night that you listened to me. And here's the bad part. I did Mark Panicelli's show yesterday, so I can't remember if I said it on Mark's show or if I said it here on my show, but I sure wish I – I sure hope I did. Hey, help me here, Spence. If I did, let me know or Leo, or whoever's listening right now, I think I told you because it was 13.5-point spread that Virginia was favored over Notre Dame, and I told you, and I'm almost positive it's here on this show because I talked about underdog fantasy too, and I think I told you, take, I mean, uh, take those points. Don't lay the points. Take the points because nothing against Virginia. You guys know I love my Cavahoos, but I told you there was no way, no how, they were going to beat Notre Dame by uh, by 14 points last night, and guess what? Your boy Brian was right. Uh, Virginia winning 65 to 53. Let me tell you something. It was uh, 14 and 15 points going into the final minute. Notre Dame hits three free throws, uh, gets it down to 65-53, uh, and then uh, that's what it ended up being. Again, very happy that my Cavahoos won last night, but. I hope you listened to me. Let me tell you something. I wish I had listened to me last night because uh, because I uh, had uh, – you heard what I said here on the air yesterday, and then I didn't even follow my own advice. I should have. But uh, UVA, uh, 65-53 over Notre Dame last night. And how about this upset last night at, uh, at Pittsburgh as uh, – Wake Forest lost at Pittsburgh last night, 77-72. to Had a pretty commanding lead at halftime, Wake Forest did, as they led 37-27. to Thank you, Mr. Clemens. You're right. I thought I said that on my show uh, last night or uh, yesterday, but uh, I'm glad I did. 65-53, Virginia over Notre Dame, and then Pitt, 77-72 over, uh, over Wake Forest yesterday, too. So there you go with that. Uh, ba, 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 ba. high school basketball, uh, none last night that was reported. Anyway, we've got, uh, hey, is that too loud? Is that good over there? Good. Very good. Uh, but, uh, a busy night of games tomorrow night. I uh, will tell you about all that here. Uh, when we get uh, Jason on the line with us, I do want to tell you about, uh, Brandon <clears throat> Ingram and the new Orleans Pelicans last night. They took on uh, Reggie Bullock jr. And, uh, the Houston Rockets and Houston, last night and the Pelicans came away with a 110 to 99 win. Brandon finished with 24 points, 10 rebounds, four assists and two block shots in 36 minutes. They are at San Antonio Friday. Reggie unfortunately didn't play uh due to coach's decision. Uh I think he's still retu- uh, recovering from that back injury there. Uh other games last night uh, involved our neck of the woods, Jerry Stackhouse and Vanderbilt Fell to 5-15 and 15 overall, 0-7 in the SEC as they lost 81-54 to 54 at number 16, Auburn. They are home versus Missouri Saturday. Uh, Isaac Parson, Jeremy Dixon, and Amaji Dodd of Winston-Salem State, they host Johnson C. Smith today at 7.30. Dante Ellis and Pitt Community College, they are at Johnston Community College today at 7.30. How about Virginia Edmondson and Montreat College, former Parent Academy Star Virginia Edmondson, they won their eighth straight game last night, 80-40 to at Columbia International University. And Virginia led uh, Montreat College with 21 points, four rebounds, two assists, and a steal in 22 minutes. Uh, They are home versus Johnson University Saturday at 2. Coach Claude Shields and William Peace University, they won at home last night. Uh, against North Carolina Wesleyan, 64-61, to snapping a three-game losing streak. They're at Greensboro College Saturday at 2. Uh, let me thank our good friends over at Lenore Community College. For uh, more than 65 years, LCC has helped men and women in our area tangibly improve their lives. LCC's mission is to meet the personal, cultural, and professional educational needs of its students through affordable Accessible and innovative educational programs. LCC has its main campus right here in Kinston at 231 Highway 58 South, but it also has satellite campuses in Greene County and Jones County. Call LCC at 252-527-6223. Visit their website at lenorecc.edu or visit one of their beautiful campuses in Kinston, Snow Hill, or Trent to find out how you can change your life today. And thank you to Richie Honeycutt and Dr. Rusty Hunt, all the folks over at Lenore Community College for being the title sponsor of the Brian Hanks Show Let's jump right into it, man. Sitting across from me right now, and all, well, is that all white? <laughs> the man sitting across from me right now, uh, he is a city councilman here in Kenson. And you know, I'm going to have to throw some questions at you, too, about that. We're going to jump into that. But I got it's the uh, Honorable uh, Antonio Pearl Hardy uh, joining us here live 
and our plush well at studio here this morning. And uh, I got to tell you, I hope you listened to last Thursday's show. Did you get a chance to? I did. Very good. Because you deserved your flowers. You deserved all the love that uh, you did. You were uh, at the uh, Rochelle game last week, uh, I guess a week ago from last night. Was it Thursday or was Thursday. it Wednesday? Yeah, it was Thursday, so a week ago today. Yes, sir. And uh, just it's become a trend here in the last few years, Pearl. And, and I know and I'm going to give you a chance to talk about it and share your thoughts on it. But, uh, man, just a great night. It's eighth grade night at Rochelle. You got these kids out there. I mean, I mean, a great crowd, man, just a fantastic crowd. You got, you know, middle school kids out there and parents and everything supporting the Rochelle kids. And, I mean, this is their moment. You know, I'm somebody, I got to tell you, I'm somebody that played sports but wasn't very good at them, Pearl. I don't know your history or how you were, but I wasn't very good. So eighth grade night for me, senior night for me was a special night because – that was a you know a night when I got honored and I didn't get to play a lot. What broke my heart about last week was just some ridiculous. And I'm not going to call out schools or names or anything, but just ridiculous parents that just that took honor away from kids. And that's what broke my heart the most about it last night or uh, last week. What I did like though, what I did like though, was the way that you handled it. And I mean, and I, listen, I didn't even know you wanted to come on the show to talk about this. I just wanted to give you love last week because I love the way you handled it. Some referees will just let stuff get out of hand and they'll let it precipitate and let it get worse and worse. You didn't do that. And that's it. That's to your credit and your partner's credit. I'm sorry. I don't have your partner's name from last week. Chris Bernie, Chris Bernie. I thought both of you, but specifically you did just such a good job. Uh, you, you did the best you could with it, with a, a very heated situation. And on top of it, when I say heated, it was, it was a little warm in there last <laughs> week too, wasn't it? It was. It had to have been about 90 degrees or so. But I love the way you did it. You called the game with like 347 left. And I just like the way you did it. And I said this on the air last week too, and I've told several people off the air. I just like, you were a center court. You waved your arms. You're like, game over. And you just <laughs> walked out. And I loved it. And I, I love it. Also, I, I really need to give some love to uh, the Rochelle principal, too. I thought she really handled everything very, very well last week, too, with everything. But anyway, the floor is yours. It just, it, well, I do want to ask you this. Just when you see something like that and, and it's starting to get worse, or if you do high school games, too, you don't just do uh, middle school. Obviously, I mean, you do high school games, too. What's going through your head, Pearl, when, when it's getting worse and worse, and you're doing everything in your power to get it under control? What's going through your head when that's happening, Pearl? Well, the first thing is uh, I, I find myself in that type of situation is to uh, go to the coaches privately, uh, walk over to the coach, hey, coach, uh, understand uh, things may not be going your way right now, but let's be professional. You're a professional as a coach. I'm a professional as a referee. So let's conduct ourselves in that manner. And most of the time, coaches respect that. Um, they, they talk to their players. I say, uh, your player number such and so is a little out of control. Coach, can you set them down for one play, talk to them, give them an opportunity to gather themselves and get back into the game? So a lot of it is uh, just being able to communicate with the coach or the players uh, so these type things don't happen. But sometimes uh, it still doesn't work. And so at that time, you know, you become a professional. Yeah. And what I mean by that is then you assess the technical foul. Uh, to the coach, at that time, the coach loses his uh, privileges to coach unless he's sitting down on the bench. Uh, he can't be up coaching. Okay, some coaches, they feel like, um, okay, um, I'm sitting down now, but I'm still going to express my opinion about how I feel you're calling the game. Uh, hot, heated games like that, it's a rivalry game. Uh, you go into that game with a mindset that, hey, you got to keep things under control. And um, once things got out of control, um, th there's two two options you can take. You can, uh, which me and the principal talked about it at halftime. Things getting a little heated. Let's talk to both coaches at halftime. Try to calm the coaches down. Tell them to get the players under control so you don't have a fight breakout. Uh, floor got a little bit slippery. Yeah, and uh, I didn't even mention that, bro. Right. You're right. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah, the floor got a little bit slippery. 
few players were falling down. Coaches feel like they were being fouled, but it was just the floor being slippery. So I went over to the coaches. Both coaches said, hey, uh, the floor is kind of slippery. Maybe a safety issue. We got some people down there to do the floor. Do y'all want us to call the game or do y'all want to continue to play? Um, Talked with the principal on the timeout. Expressed my uh, concerns about the floor. She said, well, we got people down there to wipe the floor. Um, They want to continue the game because I think it was for first place, I think. And so um, at that time, um, we continued to play. There was a a play to the basket. Player went up for a shot, got fouled. Um, The player reacted, stepped in, quickly blow the whistle, get the foul, separate the players. Um, once I go to report the foul, one of the other players push one player. He pushes back. Parents run on the court. Um, I got, I'm a father. I got a son and a daughter, both play basketball. Um, basketball is a contact sport. And a lot of people don't realize that you're going to get a stretch here. You're going to get a little bruise here, there. And, uh, the official can only blow the whistle and report the foul. Um, sometimes a hard foul, either it's an ejection or intentional foul, and we make that clear. Mm-hmm. Um, at that point, if it gets any farther than that, then that, that individual is ejected from the game. And if he, any player that leaves that bench, that comes off the bench, is ejected from the game. If he makes contact, he's disqualified from the game. And that's even at the middle school level, too. At all levels. Okay. At all levels. So, um, I called the game because uh, parents came on the court. Once that many parents come on the court, uh, there's not really any control you can do. Yeah. It's left up to the uh, law enforcement at that time. I wanted to ask you this, and I don't mean to interrupt you, but how frustrated were you? Because, I mean, you were trying to keep that. I mean, and again, hear what I'm saying. You're getting all the love, all the respect from me because. Again, it, and it, people should know, too, at the middle school level, it's only two officials. We're right. used to high school level where there's three right. officials. It was just you and your partner trying to keep this game under control. Uh, how frustrated were you, especially with it being eighth grade night, especially, like you said, with it being a game for first place? That had to be particularly frustrating to, to you, too, to be to, to have to make that decision. It, it was. Uh, Brian, I, I tell you, I've been doing this for 29 years. Wow. Um I try to be a professional at all times. I I use as much uh, courtesy as I can to coaches and You're players. You're very respectful. You're very respectful, Pearl. And, and uh, I try to express that to uh, coaches before the game, uh, during timeouts, dead balls, to players. If I see any inappropriate conduct, I approach those individuals and try to keep it professional. But sometimes I was so frustrated because – Everything was on the line for these kids, you know. And then, and I understand as a parent, kids going to be have contact. Yeah. But some parents don't understand that. And that's something that's changed. I mean, from when I was in high school back in the 80s, which was a long, long time ago. (laughs) But, listen, we knew that was going to happen. And I don't know, and I'm not trying to – make some sociological statement here or anything like that, but just it, it really is. It's gotten sad to the point, Pearl, where, I mean, if you just brush against a kid, you, you hear the parents in the crowd. And listen, I you know where I sit at Ken, Kenston games. Yes. I sit up in the crow's nest. I hear everything that goes on underneath there. I don't know how you referees keep – and, I mean, it's very – Leo's already – you know Leo Lockhart. Yes, obviously. of course. Leo's uh, jumped in and made some comments here today too. I mean, helping me out with the show. I don't know how you and Leo and Chris and Chris Riddle and Riddle. all – Yeah. All you guys keep your patience and – because there's no way I could, especially when you're being called names. And it's just, it's so sad. People wonder, well, why aren't there any more referees? Well, go to a game and listen to the, some of the stuff that's said to you. Brian, let, let, let me try to explain a little bit. Uh, I don't know if Leo touched on this or not, but referees, from, before they can call a game, they spend about $1,000 out of their pocket for equipment. They do 16 hours of classroom work. 16 hours of scrimmage games, and we have videos that we watch twice a week 
every week. Wow. And so the time you put into this uh, profession and and the um, criticism that you get, you know, I'm a, I'm a former Marine, been a Marine for 30 some years, so I got tough skin. Yeah. When the crowd gets on me, I know them. I never look at the crowd when I'm officiating a basketball game. I don't care who I know in that gym or who knows me. I do my job. Yeah. Once the game over, we can communicate. You can talk about me. It doesn't bother me when I'm on the court. Everybody's not the same. No. All officials uh, can't do that. But I've learned over the years that not paying the crowd any attention and doing what you'll focus on It'll make you a better fish. Well, again, uh, and I and I can actually say I had a little taste of it. Now it was at you yeah. know uh, Parks and Rec level, but you uh, we worked a couple of games yeah, together, we did. and uh, and I had fun with it. The reason I got it, I just didn't have time to do it. It wasn't that I didn't enjoy doing. It. And the thing is with you in this community, at least I don't know what it is when you go out of the county or whatever, but but everybody knows Pearl Hardy. You know what I'm saying? I can't imagine you don't really get that. Do you get that much junk here in the county? I do. And, do and, you really? It's, it's really because people know me. Oh, okay. And, and the first thing they say, well, uh, <laughs> Pearl, you ain't going to get our vote because <laughs> you made a bad call. But, but they're uh, playing with you when they say right, that. They though, play right? it. They're yeah. just cutting up. But I, I've learned, uh, Brian, that uh, as long as you stay professional, yeah. you can you can handle pretty much anything. That is really? awesome. That voice you're listening to is Antonio Pearl Hardy here this morning live in our uh, studio here on the Brian Hanks Show on Thursday, February the 1st. Uh, I, I want to stay on this thread for a little bit. Has there been – what What got you into refereeing? What, when, uh, did you play sports when you were in school? Uh, give, me a, give me a little bit of a background here on Pearl uh, Hardy. Okay. Uh, I played a little basketball like you. I want that good. I got on the team a couple of times and uh, didn't and, – uh, Where at – at Norfolk, I, okay. I went to Norfolk. Okay. Uh, didn't make Kempston High team. Went to Norfolk for a year. Um, left Norfolk and uh, played out to the Salvation Army. Uh, played all Marine basketball for several years in the Marine Corps. Um, I'm come. I'm uh, related to Stackhouse and Craig Dawson. So I that, didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, uh, cousins. Jerry, or? Jerry's my first cousin. Craig's my second cousin. So, okay. Um, you know, I got that pedigree of the uh, Stackhouse uh, basketball family. So, uh, also, uh, you know, as you know, I do baseball, mm-hmm. softball, and other sports. And uh, just got into it because I love the game. Um, 29 years ago. 29 years ago. Wow. And I have coached uh, all Marine girls and boys basketball. So, I had all aspects of basketball. So, that's my well, what do you love about it? What do you and then specifically since we're in basketball season right now? What do you love about it? and even in spring and baseball and softball? What do you love about being an official in those sports? Most of all, what I love about it, Brian, is meeting people. Yeah, meeting people, uh, seeing kids develop and become better citizens. A lot of them go on to be professionals. Uh, you know, and it's it's just a thrill to know that you was on the court refereeing these uh, individuals whether it's baseball, basketball, or football, whatever, it's it's just a thrill, you mm-hmm. know, to sit back and look at your life and say you made a difference in somebody's life just by being there for them. Because officiating is hard. A lot of people don't want to do it because mm-hmm. of the crowd getting on you and, and so forth. So we had a big shortage when uh, the uh, pandemic came. A lot of guys retired. I don't know if Leo expressed this, but the average age is about 45. Wow. Four fishers. Uh, myself, in the summertime, I, I do a, like a two-week camp at Holloway to try to train younger fishers to do rec ball, and hopefully they'll develop and become uh, middle school, high school officials. How did I do as an official? Like I said, we did, I, we <laughs> we did, did at least good. two games together. Yeah, we did good. Yeah, yeah we uh, – like for me – uh, it's always something you can learn. Oh gosh, I, ne- yeah. I never had a perfect game. I don't yeah. think any official have. Yeah. 
I tell the coaches, if your players don't miss a shot, I won't miss a call. So. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. Antonio Pearl Hardy in here this morning. What are some? Is there a game or two? And again, when you, when you've done twenty nine years worth of games, and you got to figure when you're doing middle school, when you're doing high school games, JV and varsity, and all that, you got to figure. How many games do you think you've officiated in almost 30 years? Thousands of games, right? Any stand out that you look back on and you go, wow, I remember that game. Like, like I'll tell you, and I, you may have been with me down at Southwood. So, do you remember that game where uh, the game is over? It's up by, This is the one that I share the one, number one game. And bear in mind, I only did like 15 games that year altogether. Right. But the game is over. It's a 12-point game. Somebody's on the free throw line. I'm under the basket. I think you were there. uh out you know you know what i'm getting ready to say. Uh, yeah. and and you're you're looking at me but like to your i don't even think it was in your peripheral but a little a little guy punches another guy and i went through that split second pearl of going man somebody needs to do something about this and then i went oh crap it's me i need to do something so i call the technical i run over to you and i'm right. like that kid just punched that guy. and i did it low i didn't say it like that but i'm like that kid just punched the other kid and you're like you got to eject him so you know we did we the technical we ejected him that was really the only exciting thing that I, but do you have anything that just really stands out to you that maybe a, a game that you were at or a high profile game or that kind of thing that some of them that stand out to you some of my best games uh believe it or not brian is north north kester high school okay <laughs> those games always stand out because uh i went to both schools yeah and uh you know they it's it's always a rivalry mm-hmm. and uh re- recently uh, the Goldsboro Kenston rivalry coach coach Croom was a, a yeah. former Kenston high player so you know those games stand out how do you take emotions out of it? Because I got to tell you, I'm not from here, but mm-hmm. if I were to, I'm from Wilkes County, but if I were officiating a North Wilkes game you know, where I went to school and played all that, I would be, it would be tough for me to do that. How do you detach yourself emotionally to where it's just like, Hey, I've got, I'm, I'm an unemotional, just, I've got to call this game or how do you do that? Well, uh, believe it or not, Brian, I'm a meditator. Okay. Uh, before, I do believe that. Before, You're very calm. I could see that. Before every game, I, I get to myself for about 15 or 20 minutes and I kind of go over the game in my mind and, uh, I always tell people there is no partiality when I'm on the court. Um, I know players. I've been doing this for a long time. I know a lot of the coaches. I know a lot of the players, and not only in in the eastern part of North Carolina, but I've done basketball overseas, Virginia, all throughout my military career. I also officiated basketball. So my mindset when I go in the game is – 50% of the people going to be happy with what I do and 50% going to be sad about what I do. So I just go in there with with an open mind that things going to happen and, and I, I'm a professional. I got to handle them that way. Well, I enjoy when I see you walk out on the court, I know it's going to be – and that's how I feel about Leo too, though. Yeah, Leo. When I guy. see you, when I see Leo, Chris, back to Chris Riddle yeah, for yeah, a second, Chris. when I see you three, and there's several other officials too, I go, this is going to be – I know this is going to be a good game. It's going to be – uh, again, what drives me crazy, and I'm not, gonna, and I don't even know if I know their names, but there's a couple of, of officials. Maybe we'll talk about this when we're okay. off the air. That when I see them, I go, "Oh man," because they play to the crowd. You know, they'll talk to people in the front rows, and I'm exactly Pearl. And I'll be like, "How can you stay detached and unemotional?" And I remember, I think it was you that told me this, or somebody that told me this that. You've just you've got to turn off. Was it you who told me about the switch on your back? You've got to switch on. You just got to turn off your ears and just pay attention to what is in those lines right there. Right. Because if you hear one thing from a crowd, it could influence you. Right. Was I was that you that told that, me? That? I correct. thought that was you. Yep. Yeah. Well, you you have to be totally focused. I tell people when I walk in the gym, I don't. I know people in the, every gym I go in. Most most coaches oh, or, or players know, know me. Yeah, and I don't even communicate with them until the game is over. Mm-hmm. And some officials don't do that. How much longer you see yourself doing? How, if you don't mind me asking, how old are you? Sixty-three. Sixty-three, and you're in better shape than many thirty-year-olds that I know. And I say that as a compliment. How, how many more years you see yourself doing this, Pearl? <sighs> Brian, I'll be honest. I don't know. Okay. I, I got a passion and, and love for the game. Um, we got some officials now, almost 80, still doing this. 
Really? So, really. At yeah. a high level and still doing it at a pretty good level? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I won't comment hey, there on you that. Go. I don't want you, no, no, no. And I'm not saying that the gotcha kind of thing to try to get. No, I just, I didn't know. Uh, how do we get more? If there's one thing, you know, when I talk to Leo, when I talk to you, when I talk to Chris, and, and I know I keep bringing up those three names, but there are a lot of other great officials right. in our neck of the woods. But there is a shortage right now. I mean, to the point where if we have a weather event, a lot of times people will have to tra- or will have to uh, postpone games to later dates because there's just not enough officials out there. What do we need to do? And I'm talking about me as a fan, uh, Diesel, all the you know ads and stuff. So, what do we need to do to get more officials in, uh, in, in not just in basketball but in baseball, baseball and so. softball and volleyball and football and all that? What do we need to do? Well, Brian, uh, I could just speak for me what I try to encourage young men that, uh, that uh, you love the game. You're staying in shape. Um, for me, I work out on uh, run Monday and Wednesdays. I work out on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So I try to encourage young people that it's a profession. You know, you'll love it. If you ever played the sports or ever, ever liked sports, if you ever got into officiating, you would love it. So I try to encourage uh, – I recruit about uh, maybe 10 guys a year okay, uh, to come in. How many of those are still doing it five years later? Um, let's see. I mean, approximately. It doesn't have to be exact, but pretty, say – Pretty much all of them. Okay. I, I had uh, all the guys that I bought into the uh, Eastern Basketball Association or either the Northeast Basketball Association, they're still officiating. Okay. Um I think uh, if you don't mind me saying a few names, uh, uh, Nathaniel Baker, I think he's been doing it now about 10 years. Uh, uh, Clifton Hargett, I think he's been doing about five years. Love Clifton. Love Clifton. He's been doing about five years. Uh, uh, Marquise uh, Graham, he's been doing it now for four or five years. So uh, Elijah Rouse, he's he's, uh, been doing it for me uh, probably about three or four years. So. I can't imagine anybody talking back to Elijah. If, uh, <laughs> <laughs> love him too, man. Love him too. Okay. Well, I tell you what, let's pivot if you okay. don't mind. Uh, and maybe we'll, we'll circle back. I'm sure another question or two will pop in my head about the refereeing part, but that's the advantage of having you in here. You were just reelected to yeah. uh, Kansas city council. Uh, congratulations Thank you. again for that. And uh, by the way, I never got my shirt. I was supposed to get a, uh, I, I got, I'm driving my car today. I, <laughs> a, I, next I got, time I, see, I got it. I'm just picking you, but I love those shirts. Did Scott did it. too? Did Scott ever get one? Yeah, he got one. Yeah, so I thought he I did. You. I thought he did. But I love those shirts that you had when uh, for campaign. But uh, let, let's talk about some of the issues that are okay. facing. Uh, you, you've just started your. This is your second or your third second term? Term. second term. That's what I thought. Uh, as a Kansas City Councilman, several issues that are in front of us right now. Of course. Baseball. Look around. I, I'm a big sports fan, so you know I'm going to ask you about baseball. In fact, I had lunch yesterday with John Clemens, uh, the okay. general manager yeah. of uh, the Down East Wood Ducks, and uh, it's just heartbreaking. And I want to, and I've said this on this show several times. I hope you've heard this. Mm-hmm. Listen, I don't want people to think that you know that you dropped the ball or that the mayor dropped the ball or whatever with this team leaving. We had Wade Howell here on the show, the former general manager of the Down East Wood Ducks, and even John said this too, to a degree. There's nothing we could have done. Right. There, there really is, and and I know there are people whose feelings are hurt, and I, mine are one of them. Listen, I love baseball. <laughs> look around. Look, Kenson Indians, <laughs> Down East Wood Ducks. I mean, I love it. I'm a season ticket holder, and I know you're a sports I, fan yeah, too, baby. and it, it broke my heart when they left, but there, I guess I want you to speak to there really wasn't anything you guys could do to keep – this uh, Texas Rangers affiliated team here in town was there? No, uh, Brian. Unless uh, you got two hundred million dollars landed, uh, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, that that was the issue. Yeah. It's, uh money uh, came down to money. Uh, we had a contract with the Wood Ducks, of course, and um, they decided to leave. And uh, the only way we could keep them, we couldn't meet the uh, the money that Green. I think they're going to Greensboro. Uh, no, uh, uh, Spartanburg, South Spartan, Carolina. Spartanburg, South yeah. Carolina. And uh, they offered them a whole lot more money and could build a great big stadium and everything. And uh, with the uh, revenue we have coming in the council, we couldn't match that. $250 million facility that they're building in Spartanburg. Yes, They've already broke ground on it. 
Uh, like I said, I was, uh, and I can just update our listeners too. Talking to John yesterday, there had been this possibility that we were going to have the team in twenty five. Also, I mean, obviously, we're going to have it this year. It's going to be a, right. It's going to be. I think it's going to be a great season this right. year. I really do. We've got a re- very talented team coming in. We've got a great front office with uh, John Clemens and Janelle and Shiver Person and all those folks. But there had been this possibility that if it had slowed down the building in South or in uh, South Carolina in Spartanburg that we might have the team also in 25. 25. And it's still, I guess there's a possibility of that, but John doesn't feel like it's going to happen. So I'm asking you, uh, take your referee hat off, put your city councilman hat on here, uh, Pearl. Well, what is, what are we looking at now? Uh, what, what's going to happen with Granger Stadium in 20, in the spring and uh, spring and summer of 2025? Well, first of all, Brian, what we did, uh, we were real concerned about baseball here in Kenston. So we formed a committee. Uh, to look at uh, other teams that we could bring in, hopefully. Um, what I have done myself, I talked to Chris Riddle, as you know, he's over East Carolina. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has talked to us about maybe bringing East Carolina over here to do some games to help boost our uh, stadium. Uh, we have many offers, many offers from uh, wood bat teams and, and that type of nature. And then we had um, – talked about maybe having the college World Series type uh, ball here in Kenson at the stadium. So I know that's something Bill Ellis is working on too, right? right? He's trying right. to help with that. Yeah. Right. Bill, of uh, uh, course, and uh, some other coach wit and a few others are really uh, interested in helping us bring, keep baseball here in Kenson once the uh, Wood Ducks leave. And uh, we are working diligently to uh, – make sure that we continue to have these conversations with different teams. So we got a lot of interest. You would be surprised how many people are interested in it. No, I'm not. We've got one of the premier facilities, and I was about to say in North Carolina, heck, we've got one of the premier facilities in the southeastern United States, in my opinion, in Granger Stadium. I'm sure you share that opinion, too, especially with as great as the field is. It is, right. Right. Yeah, we keep that feel up, and uh, yeah. we we've uh, we spend a lot of money, a lot of money, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of money. So absolutely. Well, I know there's a, you know we've got the Kenston Wingmen who are here in town, right. the Old North State League. They play over at uh, Lenore Community College. I know that's a team that is interested. I guarantee you, if yeah. you talk to Billy Stern right now and said, "Hey, we'd like you to fill our stadium in uh, the spring and summer of 2025." They would, uh, they would already be there yeah. right now, <laughs> getting right. that ready. But what are you getting interest from Coastal Plain League and those type of leagues? Yeah, we are. We are. Um, matter of fact, uh, we just had a meeting on yesterday. Uh, myself, the mayor, and the city manager, and she was informing us that uh, uh, the Plain Leagues was asking about uh, using Granite Stadium. So, well, I've heard yeah. if if the Coastal Plain League came here. Automatically, Granger Stadium would be the biggest stadium in the right. league. I mean, and so you know that's got to be attractive to them, and and that's a pretty good product too. I mean, yeah, I've is. been down to, uh, or I've been to Wilson. You know, I've seen right. the Wilson Tobs play. I've seen uh, uh, down at the coast. And I don't know why I can't remember the name of uh, the team down at the coast. Uh, Morehead City, Morehead, Morehead City Marlins. Right. I think they do a pretty good job, and of course the Kenston Wingman. Uh, it's a different league. It's the North State right. League, but. But I think they do a pretty good job, too. I guess the thing that I've tried to tell people, and I'd love, and I'm not trying to put words in your right. mouth here, Pearl, but I think people are scared to death that there's not going to be baseball in Kenson in 2025. Please, that's not true at all, is it? No, it's not. Uh, there will be baseball in Kenson. Yeah. Whether it's a wood bat wood league, bat league yeah. whether a coastal plain league, but there will be baseball. How important is it? We've got, and I, and now I always like to say in the interest of full disclosure, I don't try to be fake with anybody. I'm on the Freedom Classic committee. Right. Okay. I mean, I love the Freedom Classic. Yeah. You being a veteran, yeah, I know you love it too. I've been a part of it every single year. I'll be doing the public address again for it as I have every single year uh, coming up here in about three weeks. How important is it, Pearl, for us to get out there and support that? Which we've done a really good job as right. a community, but especially knowing that we're the Wood Ducks are leaving and we're going to be bringing another team in. How important is it for us to get out and support the Freedom Classic this year? It's very important, and uh, we we have done a lot of uh, fundraiser things, uh, the police department and the city, uh, to get young kids out to the game. Uh, we encourage all the uh, surrounding areas to come to, to the Freedom Classic. We, uh, me being a Marine, I'm always advertising down at Camp Lejeune and, um, 
uh, the air station down at uh, Cherry Point mm-hmm. to try to get folks to come down for this Freedom Classic. Of course, last year, you know, we had the Marine Corps band here. So uh, we encourage everybody to please come out. It's a great time, great occasion to uh, represent our great city of Kempston. And on top of it, too, it's going to help get baseball back here in 2025, right? Of course. When people come out to that and fill that stadium and people see that stadium field, they can't wait to bring their teams here. So we encourage everybody to please come out. That is awesome. Uh, anything else on that uh, scoreboard? I mean, I know that was an issue for several years. Yeah, so the, where, where do we stand with the scoreboard at Granger State? The, the money is set aside for the scoreboard. Okay. okay. The money is sitting there waiting uh, for us to get a contract. You know, whenever we uh, do anything like that, we have to put out a contract for it, and whoever come in with the bids, uh, put it up for bid, and we pick a contract to come in and finish the pr- Jason, you know Jason. Yes, don't you? I do. Yeah. Uh, he, on Thursdays he comes in and uh, on Thursdays he comes in and uh, helps me co-host the show wearing his Duke stuff. Uh, <laughs> anyway, okay. Uh, but just uh, last thing about the scoreboard: Will that happen this year? Do you think the improvements or whatever will happen this year, or is it going to be next year when uh, when we have a new team? Or what are we looking at there, Pearl? Well. Uh, I don't want to speak over the uh, council uh, right now. Uh, yeah. The money is set aside to do it. Uh, whenever we get the um, final uh, approval on the contract, we'll move forward with uh, putting the scoreboard. Okay. But any kind of window? I mean, and it doesn't have to exactly, but approximately, what are we looking at? Well, we're hoping to get it done this year. This year. Okay. Well, very we're good. to get it done this year. Jason Bryant, What's up, man? a partner in crime, sales executive to the stars at WRNS, uh, joining us right now, as you do every Thursday. Yep. How about this? We got Pearl Hardy well, in here today. It's fun. Me and Pearl have fun at the uh, barbecue festival, trying to trying to keep the mayor. <laughs> <laughs> he, he gets a little excited, doesn't he? At the barbecue, yeah, you're gonna festival have to tell me that. this. You can't just <laughs> tease something like that man. and not. Man, uh, Mayor Hardy walks on stage, and he's just all over himself, trying to round him up. He's talking to everybody and uh, moving him on along. He gets a little long-winded sometimes no. with his speeches with the and keys to the And I love the, the mayor. You know this, and I've had him here on the show several times. But the mayor gets long-winded? No. I'm, uh, <laughs> I take it with a grain of salt and with pride. I try to I try to swindle my way into him and say, hey, hey man, I'm – I'm your assistant today. <laughs> Look at Pearl. Pearl's over here going like, yeah. yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm your assistant today. I got you. Yeah. As soon as he gets on Donna, as soon as he gets on stage, I'm like, I got you, man. That is awesome. <laughs> hey, I tell you what, back to our referee talk just for a moment, if we can circle back to that, because Leo sent me a long text, and I hope he doesn't mean mine. I'm actually going to just read this, what he sent me here, okay? okay. He said, uh, a coach and I were texting yesterday. Uh, he said, we used every single body that they had. Uh, on the roster last night, I had to borrow two officials from the NOA, uh, had to cancel three JV games yep. because there weren't enough officials. Uh, 12 four-game sets, three people worked three games. It's hard enough working two games. I can't imagine doing three games. He said what's hurting us, uh, the four-game sets with 152 officials, and I'm just going to read straight from this. In future going, if it's a heavy night, if all possible, they're going to move games to Wednesday nights. Said a lot of crews were literally worse than mine, which is sad. Said uh, uh, they, he had a, an official that was supposed to work with him uh, last night, but he ended up picking up a D3 game at the last minute. I mean, there really is. There's a serious shortage of officials, aren't there? There really is. Um, like I said, Brian, uh, some nights you're doing three games, um, God, unfortunately. Um, and uh, like I said, the, the, the key thing for me is trying to train young guys to want to do this thing. Uh, a lot of them don't. Once they learn the rules, and, and that's the key thing a lot of time. When you see guys, uh, the game is fast, and a lot of guys are older. Mm-hmm. And uh, and you got to know your rules. And uh, getting people trained up with all the training we go through, all the film we watch, and all the uh, strategies we have to go through, still, you know, that's a lot for young people to take in too. So uh, that's part of the problem, too. Uh, they got to take a state test. If you don't score at least an 80, you can't even referee uh, JV or uh, varsity basketball. Wow. So those are – You ever thought about being an official, Jason? I have, but I can't. 
<laughs> I did one year. Tell him. He Tell did. Him. I mean, I'm just and being I honest. I wasn't that bad. Yeah. I'm not saying I was great. Yeah. I wasn't great by yeah. any stretch of the imagination, but I but, held my own. Yeah. I, joke, I joke around at these travel ball tournaments that Connor competes in baseball, mm-hmm. and I'm like, man. <laughs> I was like, I want to do it just one time, but it literally would be one game because – I got my finger, and I'd be like, get on out of here. And then then they run me out because I'm telling you, man, I just wouldn't put up with it. I mean, there's so much noise, and I I listen coming in and appreciate what he does. And, you know, the military background helps him. I don't have that. Most people don't. Right. Um, But to be able to turn that off and not listen, I I can't because – Well, I'm telling you, and again – Allow me to give you roses one more time here, Pearl. That game last week. Yeah. What did I tell you? Because I called yeah. you when I left yeah. Rochelle. What did I tell you about it's just, Pearl? It's just there's so many people, and I'm guilty of it too, but I'm guilty of it from a different standpoint. I don't live vicariously through my kids. Some right. people would say I do. I really don't. Right. I just see all the work that my kid puts in, and I see the work that his teammates put in, and I know his opponents are putting in the same work, and – not all officials are created equal. Now, let's be honest. Some yeah, of them, that's right. true. Some of them are just out there to get a check, and they're not invested. So there's two types of of officials, and I I can tell very quickly who who is taking time to explain stuff to the kids when they've done something wrong. Yep. Or ones that are just out there to be seen, and and there's ones like that, but. I feel like those officials need to step their game up. Those are the ones that I'm hard on. That's where my issue is because if the kids are putting in double the time of what the officials putting in, and he's not on top of his game, he doesn't really know what he's doing. He's making bonehead calls that just you've never seen before. It it's really a disservice to to the kids and the athletes that are putting in so much time because these kids are putting in. I mean. Y'all know hundreds and hundreds of hours and reps. And well, it goes back to what he and I were talking about. And there was that game yep. that a week ago, Contentnia at Rochelle. It's eighth grade night. It's a special night. I mean, how, I've never seen that many kids get honored before. Me I mean, it was awesome. I mean, they. It, in fact, there were so many that it stretched all the way around the yep. gym to get everybody honored. And that's their special night. Yep. And then to have a few knucklehead parents get out there yep. and and ruin it. And they did. They, they ruined did. it because the game didn't wasn't allowed to be finished. But I will say one more time, and that's what I started yeah. to say a few minutes ago. If you'd have seen Pearl out there and you could just tell it was over, he was done, he throws his hands up, it's like, game's over, and just walks off the court. Well, and there's nobody that blamed you, but I like the way yeah, you handled it. Right. You didn't, you know, try to – Whatever you you just you made a decisive decision and you live by it and I appreciate that and I think everybody else that was there did too. Uh, let me just say this, uh, Brian. A lot of times uh, when these, uh, like you were saying, they are a lot of fishes that go out there to get a paycheck. That that's point blank. And then there are others that don't read the rule book, don't know the rule book, and and that's where you get in trouble. Yep. When a coach asks you a question, you should be able to uh, explain. Uh, give an answer, not 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 that yep. you. Uh, he say, well, c- could you watch the fouls? Mm-hmm. The guys holding my player. Mm-hmm. Hey, coach, I got you. Some officials take offense to a coach asking them uh, yep. to watch something, and why but I have why? no idea. <laughs> I I have no idea yeah. because, like I say, we are, we're both adults in the room, yep. right? And and I show you respect, you show me respect. I'll be honest with you. I've been doing this for 29 years. I don't think I ever gave out more than 10 technicals over 29 years. Wow. Yeah. That's the truth to a coach. There's some now, some players act up. But, uh, There's some that will do that in the season. But, see, two two things, and I know I'm getting longer. No, I, it's I, not, I hope it's you fine. can stay a few minutes. But okay. The one thing, like early in the game, like Connor's playing rec basketball right now, we're severely undersized. We play – kids and we're really big on teaching fundamentals to our kids boxing out right put your butt on somebody get them on your hip you know move them out of the way that way and then the taller kids are over their back so in a timeout or in a free throw situation and the referee standing over there by the bench i'll say hey can you watch that and if he like he said if he doesn't give me a response then there's no need talking to him and it if he does respond to me, and then it happens again, I say, tell me, explain to me as a coach 
how I'm supposed to teach my kid to play against bigger size kids because all I know, help me, all I know is to box out. And if I can't get that call, then what am I What am I supposed to teach them? Get out of the way and just let them go out? And then if, if they don't respond in, there's, there's no need to talk to them anymore because they just don't. Yeah. And then I sit down. But that's one thing. Second thing is there's a triple – there's a serious trickle-down effect from the NBA to college to high school to rec or to middle school to recreation sports in general. Everything from a bat flip in the MLB to <laughs> NBA players standing over flexing and taunting people, and that is getting to be a serious problem because what you have is you have professionals doing it, then you have college doing it, but then you have high school kids doing it, and you have middle kids doing it. I am very fearful that a situation that happened over there is going to escalate into a high school game, and it's going to be really bad because some kids do, do not have the mental capacity to take being beat yeah. down and yeah. flexed at and jawed at all the time. And I personally would like to see that cleaned up. I'd like to see some texts early in the game like in a in – a, I use Kenston Goldsboro, for example. There's right. so much hype and so much tension, and it's hot in these gyms, and it, it, it's packed, and the crowd feeds off of those big moment plays. And I'd like to see some control, and, and I'm talking to him the second time, tee him up and say, hey, we're not going to do this. But it's just so many people are doing it. Brian, we see it all the time. I know. I know. And it's and unfortunate, it, Pearl. It really it, is. It is. And, and what I tell coaches from the beginning – uh, when you when you go brief your coaches and the players, you you talk to the players before the game. Look, yep. hey, I don't care if somebody jump up and dunk that ball. You better not make any kind of gesture to make that person feel that you boasting on what you did. Yeah, I, you brief so you them. tell them that in right the, in, in the, the pregame. pregame. Yeah. Okay, and you and you tell your coaches, hey, don't have your players acting out of conduct because it's it's a conduct issue. Mm-hmm. Hey, if you get that technical foul early, guess what? That kid's done. Mm-hmm. He's not going to cut up anymore. That yeah. coach ain't going to cut up no more. Yeah. So y- you got to manage the game. Yeah. It's just, I mean, we all see the dunk. Yeah. yeah. We we all see it when you when you dribble the kid out of his shoes. We like we're watching. Like we see it. We don't need you to tell us about it. Like we'll t- we'll talk about it later, but not in that moment. And I, I just. It'll be the same thing in the Duke Carolina game Saturday. Right. I mean, they going to jaw and talking's part of it. I mean. Th- but the talking and and the and the actions and the and the taunt, I guess it's taunting or trying to show up taunting. somebody. It's really, it's, it's really a new get, level. Yeah, it's, it's really getting to well, the point where honestly, I don't enjoy watching it as much as I used to. I'm I'm just wow. being honest. Well, Leo jumps in here and he said to what speaking to what you were just saying. He said it's already started. It's in, it's in it, high school and college right, right now. Yeah, yeah we had sacrifice this it, year. Yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. sad when you see it at the middle school level. Yeah. And we saw I hadn't seen a middle school game yet this year until that, was, that game last week. And it blew my mind, Pearl, how many times you saw the flex and the and and yeah. listen, and it was on both sides. It wasn't right. just contending, it wasn't just Rochelle. I mean, it was kids on both sides and you know, and it's exactly what you said, Jason. Yep. It's because Saturday afternoons and Sunday afternoons they're watching their heroes do that. Right. Ah, oh, it drives me. But nuts. my point is is some nuts. of these some of these kids just don't have the mental capacity or the mental discipline to deal with that. Yeah, right. And you can only be a young some... Jason Bryant. Uh, no, if man, someone there's... dunked on Jay, because I like, got, I got to tell you, I got dunked on several times when like, I was I in could, high school. Okay, I could take it. I believe even right now I could take it, but I'm not going to take it over and over again. It's like me walking in here and slapping you in the face. How, how many times? <laughs> I you wish gonna... you would stop doing that. Okay, yeah. Jason. Yeah, but you get the point. I mean. Go go over there, stand stand in the corner and pound your head up against the the thing. How how many times are you gonna do it? Not much because it hurts. Right. And then you gonna you gonna figure out that ain't cool no more. Nothing different than that. I mean, yeah. you're beating somebody sixty five to the the thirty five, and they're they dunk on you. They want to flex or or the team that's got twenty five dunks on you. They have one play in the game, and they they're getting beat by forty, and they're like. Flex, I'm like, what are you doing? I man? know, man. But but again, I mean, I blame I blame the coach for that because the coach should have it established that you know that doesn't you you don't do that you know yeah. But then it's also you know when I'm watching the games last night, I'm watching the Virginia game last night, and 
you see that stuff happen. Not a lot with Virginia. In fact, hardly ever with Virginia because they've got the best coach yeah. in, you know, in college basketball right now. No, they don't because they can't beat Notre Dame by 13 and a half points. Did you hear that? I, yeah, I owe you lunch. Yeah. Yes, you do. <laughs> see, I shouldn't have said anything. I wanted it. I had forgotten that. I got a free lunch yesterday from Columbus. Hey, it's we're right up against top tower. Can you hang out with us? Or are you? Because uh, we're going to call Robert Kravitz here in a little bit about an official that had a heart attack at his game. Or do you need to go? You do need to go. Yeah. Hey, That's thank fine. you so much. Okay, thank it you so was. much for coming in and just being open with everything. I didn't get to. There were a couple of city uh, council questions I wanted to ask you, you but but we don't stick around for that. You sure? Yeah. I'll okay. Well, we'll do that here into the top of the second hour. But uh, we're wrapping up our first hour here on the Brian Hanks Show. I want to thank again Antonio Pearl Hardy, uh, my good friend Jason Bryan, everybody that's been messaging in. Coming up in our second hour, Robert Kravitz here in the, on the Brian Hanks Show. <laughs> 